We're going to be going directly into the speech uh, this afternoon, so I'd right now, like now right to introduce our guest speaker. Please, Mr. Welcome, Mr. Bob Huggard, President of the Ontario Energy Association, and Bob will introduce our guest speaker formally. Thank you. Thank you, Ted, and good afternoon, everyone. The OEA is pleased to be a co-presenter of today's program, and so it is my privilege to introduce our keynote speaker today, the Honourable Brad Duguid, Ontario's Minister of Economic Development, Employment and Infrastructure, as well as the Minister Responsible for Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. The Minister is not only a familiar face to all of you in this room, he's been a strong presence at Queen's Park and in political circles throughout the city and country for a long time. While work and politics are big parts of his life, the Minister's passions extend far beyond the world of Queen's Park. He is a passionate hockey fan who enjoys all levels of hockey played around the GTA just as much as an NHL game. The Minister has invested a lot of time in his love for hockey this past season as part of the traveling cheering section for the Toronto Junior A Canadians, for whom one of his sons is a forward. We were a bit of competitors. I was with the Toronto Marlies for a while, so we'll talk about that later. As we think about Minister Duguid and his impressive political career, perhaps we should consider his time at Queen's Park the way we would think of a talented, professional hockey player who only continues to improve his craft over time. Minister Duguid's previous cabinet posts are impressively varied and speak to the confidence two successive premiers have placed in him. He has served as Minister of Training, Colleges and Universities, Economic Development, Innovation, Aboriginal Affairs, labor, infrastructure, and notably as Ontario's Minister of Energy, where he created a key piece of policy important to many in this room, Ontario's first long-term energy plan. His success in these roles and the continued confidence the Liberal team at Queen's Park places in him underscores why Minister Duguid is a strong voice at the Cabinet table, willing to fight for the things he believes will make this province a more prosperous and compassionate place for all Ontarians. With it, that, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to the stage the man tasked with continuing to help grow our strong provincial economy, Minister Brad Duguid. That was one of the most creative things I've ever had. I, uh, Bob, thank you. So, that, that was one of the most creative uh, intros I think I've ever had. I don't know if you want your speaking notes still, because I might start uh, going on to yours if we're not careful. And, and I've got to tell you, I, before I go any further, uh, my parliamentary assistant and the MPP for Ottawa Orleans, uh, Marie-France Lalonde, is here somewhere. Marie-France, there she is. Please give her a round of applause. 
She has a small business background, so she gets where a lot of you folks in this room are coming from, and she's a very, very strong uh, parliamentary assistant and helps me in just about everything I do when it comes to our business initiatives. So, Marie France, thank you for joining us today. And, Bob, I, I, I didn't know that uh, we'd be talking about hockey, but I could spend the next hour if you want. Would, they, would that be a, you know, playoffs are here, and we could, we could start talking about hockey a little bit, or we could start talking about the economy. My concern is... I didn't know till I got here that I'd be at a table with uh, Union Gas, Enbridge, the Ontario Energy Board, Bruce uh, Nuclear. Uh, it sounds like I should be talking about energy today, and uh, I got to tell you, I didn't have energy in my speaking notes at all. So let me just start off by saying energy is one of the most important sectors <laughs> in our economy, and you can't talk about the economy if you're not talking about energy. But, but that's a speech for another day because it deserves a whole complete speech onto itself, Duncan. So no worries. I still love energy, and I am a former energy minister, so that's something that you carry with you. The, trust me, you carry it with you the rest of your life one way or another. So <laughs> I, I'm delighted to be here. You know, Speaking here at the Empire Club, I don't think I've had this opportunity before. It really, really is a privilege. And I think of some of the influential speakers of our time that have have graced this podium, and I think of some of my personal heroes, Pierre Trudeau, who just was, was my true hero, and somebody who motivated me and inspired me to go into this business in the first place, and Sir Winston Churchill uh, stood at this podium as well. I assume it was a different podium in those days, but it was still the Empire Club going back, it goes back a hundred years, so what an honor it is uh, to be able to speak to you here today. And, you know, when I heard that it was May 4th, I got to tell you that I often think about how am I going to open up, uh, you know, you like to open up to loosen things up a little bit. How am I going to open up with uh, what kind of a, you know, a joke can I tell or something like that? But it's May 4th. We have the, we're at the Empire Club on May 4th, <laughs> so you're starting to get it. And just as Yoda said to the young Jedi, let me also say to all of you, all together now, may the 4th be with you. End our economy. So in keeping with the Empire theme, uh, let me quote directly from the movie, which I think most of you will have seen. You're all old enough to have probably seen it in the original production. Uh, when Yoda said to, I believe it was a young Luke Skywalker, this is what he said, quote, This one a long time have I watched. All his life has he looked away. To the future, to the horizon, never his mind on where he was. God is my witness. I never thought I'd be able to quote Yoda in a business speech anywhere, but today's appropriate, and I think it works. I may not have done Yoda justice today, but the quote in some ways does convey where Ontario's looking to when it comes to our next generation economy. Because as you all know, we're never standing still. We're always looking forward, always looking for ways to compete in today's fiercely competitive global economy. In fact, the three pillars of our government's economic strategy reflect exactly that. We're investing in our people, and you know that. We're investing in building modern infrastructure, a key component of our last budget, and we're building a dynamic uh, business environment, which is also truly, truly important. And the good news is, it's working. Not only have we, cre we created 424,000 net new jobs since the global recession, 
Ontario remains number one in North America when it comes to attracting foreign direct investment. And that's for the third straight year. That tells me something. It tells me we have a plan in place and that plan is working. Now, a testament to the work we're doing to make the right investments in our people is the fact we have the highest level of post-secondary attainment anywhere in the OECD. That's helped us build one of the most skilled and educated workforces anywhere in the world today. And, that, and, and what that does is, is it ensures that we can compete with any jurisdiction anywhere in the world. Add that to our efforts to make Ontario innovation leader, and that's a pretty unbeatable combination. We're also making unprecedented investments in our infrastructure. Ontario must have reliable infrastructure in order to compete in today's modern economy. Ontario workers don't want to spend needless hours going to and from work in their cars as they commute to and from work. And gridlock is costing Ontario billions, billions of dollars as clogged roads impact our ability to move our people around and our ability to move goods around our province. You know, it's really easy for politicians, and I see my friend Han Dong here as well, the MPP. Han, please stand. I'm sorry. I just noticed that you were here today. Let me see how I weave this into my speech. Uh, Han and I and, and Marie France, uh, as politicians, we, we've seen politicians in, for generations talk about infrastructure. It's easy to talk about infrastructure. What we need are governments that are willing to make the tough decisions to fund that infrastructure and build that infrastructure. And in the past few weeks, you've seen that we've made some very tough decisions so that our government can build the infrastructure our province and our economy needs to be competitive. In all, we'll invest $130 billion in roads and bridges and core infrastructure, and yes, expanding natural gas across this province to communities that need it, and we'll do that over the next 10 years. That's a record investment for Ontario. That's a record investment right across Canada. We're able to do that by taking the advice of a business expert, a gentleman by the name of Ed Clark, and we're unlocking the value that's been wasted in, in retaining 100% Hydro One ownership. Let me talk a little bit about Ed Clark with you for a second. He served as a deputy minister in Ottawa. He is the, one of the most respected business leaders anywhere in North America. Now, during my time in, in, in office, and it's been 20 years now, one thing I've learned is that when you're dealing with complex issues, the number one thing you can do is get the best possible advice. And that's what we've done by bringing Ed Clark on. The second thing you have to do, and this is important, is you have to have the courage to take that advice. And sometimes it does take political courage to do the right thing, to do what's best. And as you know, in Ontario, we're very, very fortunate to have a Premier and Premier win who has that political courage. And she's demonstrated that in the budget that we recently released in the last few weeks. Let me be very upfront about this. Broadening ownership in Hydro One hasn't and it won't be easy politics for us. But the business argument that Ed Clark has made is absolutely irrefutable. So we're taking Ed Clark's advice. 
We're making a smart business decision to maximize the value of Hydro One, and we're investing in building up our infrastructure to make us more competitive. That's the right thing to do in this province at this time. It's a courageous thing to do, but it's something that's going to help us build that next generation economy. So I'm very proud to be working with a premier and a government that's moving in that direction. Now, we all know that Ontario was hit hard by the recent recession. I believe that one of the reasons Ontario is outpacing other jurisdictions is the fact that we've built our strategy by taking the advice of our business community, and we've done that on a continual basis. That's enabled us to build a very strong climate for investment, and it's the reason we are number one in North America when it comes to foreign direct investment. So let me share with you a few tangible examples of where we've done that. As a government, we've actually been through 12 budgets. And in the lead-up to every single one of those budgets, we've heard this nagging voice from the left saying, every single time, raise corporate taxes. It's the answer to everything. It'll solve all of our problems. Really proud to be able to tell you today that 12 out of 12 times, we've shot that uninformed voice down because it's wrong and it's misguided. A competitive tax environment is absolutely crucial to maintaining our competitive edge when it comes to attracting investment, when it comes to creating jobs, and when it comes to growing our economy. And the fact is, a strong economy is really a prerequisite to building a strong society and a great quality of life for ourselves and our families. So today, I want to assure you that our government is still very much committed to keeping our competitive advantage as the jurisdiction with the lowest effective corporate tax rates in North America, something that gives each and every one of the corporations, small and large businesses in, the, in this room, a competitive advantage. You know, what does that mean to your bottom line? Well, for example, for an average Ontario company, that means you're paying a full 13.5% less than your American neighbors in taxes. That's real savings for your company. That's a significant competitive advantage. And, we, if, and you know, we don't, I don't think we do a, a good enough job in talking that up both inside Ontario and outside Ontario. I think we really need to talk about that more. We need the world to know that we have that low tax environment here in Ontario. And so today, I assure you that as long as we are the government, we will not be swayed by those voices to the left. We will remain committed to ensuring Ontario maintains our competitive tax environment. I really feel passionate about that. I know Michael, uh, our Councillor Michael Thompson's nodding his head in front of me. He does as well. And I'm going to talk about Michael in a minute. I want you to know as well that we continue to listen very closely to what our business community has to say. Your advice is extremely important for us. For example, we've heard loud and clear that our business community is very, very passionate about the need for us to get our fiscal house in order, and it should be a priority. I want to assure you that it is. We've taken action, and we're making great strides on our path to balance. Ontario's fiscal situation is improving. For the third year in a row, we've beaten all of our deficit targets, and I'm proud to say that we're not balancing the books on the backs of our businesses and we're not balancing in the books on the backs of Ontario families either. What we're doing is we're making smart fiscal decisions and we're managing our spending decisions. And that's how to do it. So we're taking your advice. We're tackling our deficit in an aggressive way, but an intelligent way. And we will succeed.
Let me share with you another example of how we're effectively working in partnership with our business sector. Businesses in Ontario have helped to, to, to grow our exports for many, many years. But they're asking for help in, in doing that. They want to access some of those emerging markets. Now, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce has been an effective champion in encouraging small and medium-sized businesses to think globally. And so, in partnership with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, we've developed the glowing global, global strategy, which will help small and medium-sized businesses identify and access global markets, which is really, really critical. Through the Jobs and Prosperity Council, we brought together the best and the brightest from our business sector. And we were told that accelerating the deductions for investments in machinery and equipment was the most effective way to encourage investment and productivity improvements. We listened and we acted on that recommendation. And I'm pleased to report that this year's budget extends that program for another 10 years. This will provide $265 million every year to encourage investments that will lift up our productivity and make Ontario, Ontario companies more globally competitive. Through the Better Business Climate Act, we've, we've, uh, we we're working very closely with the Toronto Region Board of Trade to strengthen Ontario clusters, which we see as a great competitive advantage. I want to thank the Toronto Region Board of Trade for their leadership in this area and for helping to drive forward with our government on this very important strategy. Let me give you another example of our willingness to seek good advice and act on it. We've seen since November $4 billion in investment in Ontario's auto sector. And while the sector is experiencing record sales, the fact is, the global auto industry is becoming increasingly competitive, and we need to step up our efforts to retain and attract more investment. I recently sat down with CAPSI, a group made up of pretty near our entire auto sector, and they unanimously recommended that Ontario consider creating an export, expert auto advisor. This will ensure that we have the inner industry intelligence we need to inform our efforts to land future auto mandates. And I'm pleased to say once again that we're taking the advice of our business partners, and I'm looking forward to implementing that advice very soon. Here's something else that I've heard from our business community, and I've heard this throughout the years right across our province. While you appreciate our efforts to build a competitive economy, sometimes what governments need to do is just simply get the heck out of the way. Our government is working in an unprecedented way to reduce regulatory burden. To date, we've changed or eliminated 80,000 regulatory burdens. That's about 17% of our regulations that we've gotten rid of. And we're on track to save businesses $100 million by 2016-2017. The Better Business Climate Act also requires our government to report on our reductions in, in business burdens on, a, on an annual basis. So that's going to hold our feet to the fire and future government's feet to the fire when it comes to this. Now, this wasn't something we thought up on our own. This was something that we received, advice we heard from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. I think some of them are here today at one of the tables. And we responded to their, their requests by taking this action. And they've reciprocated by responding to our requests and our action by raising the province's business rating on their annual report card across the country to a B plus. I think that's tied in the country with one other province as the top marks in the country. Now, to be honest, when I came home from school, uh, from high school with a, with a B plus, my parents would say, Brad, that's not bad, that's pretty good, 
but we think you can do better. Well, I want you to know, I think Ontario can do better too. Our Open for Business strategy has been a global best practice in reducing unnecessary regulatory burden, but I think we can do even more. My assurance to you today is that we're going to expand our Open for Business strategy with new initiatives that will positively impact businesses here in Toronto and right across our province. First, we're going to look into creating a red tape challenge for Ontario. This would be modeled after the successful UK program, which featured an online forum that invites businesses to engage with government in a meaningful way on how to reduce regulatory burden. Let me tell you why I think this is, this is important. You know, when, when it comes to our discussions with the business community and our efforts to reduce regulatory burden, I tend to talk to many of the people in this room, uh, stakeholders, uh, direct representatives of industries, uh, the companies, the bigger companies themselves, but I don't get an opportunity to reach out across the province to every business person in this province that wants to engage with us. This opportunity, this new program will give us an opportunity to do that. This initiative opens up our efforts to all Ontario businesses who wish to engage. By engaging online, the government is able to source, in, source knowledge and feedback from any sector in any corner of our province in an open and transparent way. Now, it's going to take some time for us to get this program up and running, but this idea really excites me because I think it's going to be an extremely valuable program here in Ontario as it has been in other countries around the world. Now, the second action that we'll be taking is something that I and others have been thinking about for a very, very long time. One of our challenges in staying competitive is the fact that we have three levels of government in this, in this country with three levels of bureaucracy and three levels of regulation. And I know that that drives some of the businesses in this room absolutely crazy. From inspectors to accountability reporting requirements, business, businesses tell me that there's plenty of duplication between our different levels of government. The number of contacts a small business has to make with government each and every day, week, or year makes me wonder sometimes how they can carry on their day-to-day -day businesses. Politicians have often talked about trying to sort through these intergovernmental regulatory burdens, but until today, I've yet to see any real progress made on this. Well, today, we have a wonderful alignment between a provincial government determined to reduce unnecessary regulatory burden and a new city of Toronto mayor and John Tory who shares that passion. And so today, I'm pleased to announce a brand new proposal to create for the first time a joint working group between the province of Ontario and the city of Toronto to explore, identify, and reduce unnecessary regulatory burden. I think it's about time that we did that. And this is the start of what I would call a new Ontario Red Tape Reduction Partnership. I really am excited about this, and I want to give you an example of how that would affect a small business. You, know, you look at a small business like a dry cleaners. They're required to report the use of chemicals to all three levels of government. This, required, this adds three times the necessary burden to small businesses, and this duplicative reporting is the kind of thing we're talking about. It may not be seen as important to us here today, but to that dry cleaners, that takes them away from their core business. 
I mentioned Michael Thompson. Uh, he's the counselor for, for Scarborough Centre area and uh, the chair of uh, the Economic and Culture Committee for the City of Toronto. Michael, I, I've worked with you for many, many years. You're a fantastic voice here in the business community. I want to thank you and Mayor, Mayor Tory for working with us on this initiative. Michael, please stand up and please give Michael a round of applause because it's this kind of partnership that really makes a difference in this city. And Michael, we're going to work together and we're going to reduce that regulatory burden, that intergovernmental burden that drives the folks in this room absolutely crazy. We're also going to include a representative from the Association of Municipalities of Ontario. Because while this is starting off as a Toronto-Ontario initiative, the things that we learn when we come to the table will often be things we can extrapolate right across this province. So we'll have a representative of AMO sitting there with us looking for ways that we can spread the good ideas that we come up with right across Ontario. Now, when you think about it, isn't that a refreshing change? Isn't it refreshing to see how challenges can be addressed when you have a premier and a mayor, when you have a, a, a provincial government and a city government able to work together to build a strong economy? I think that is so refreshing to see. And, Michael, I thank you and the mayor, and, uh, and I thank our premier for making that happen. It really is great. I think it's great for these folks to see as well. As most of you here are aware, this is my second tour of duty as Minister of Economic Development. And I want to share with you this. If there's something, one thing I can be remembered for, I hope it would be this, that by the time my role as Economic De uh, Development Minister is done, that I was a minister who listened to the business community, who understood the challenges of competing in an increasingly competitive global economy, and who took every action to build the most competitive, business-friendly jurisdiction anywhere in North America. That may be ambitious, but I firmly believe that we have an opportunity today to do just that. So let us start today. My ultimate goal is to make Ontario the easiest place in the world to do business. According to most economists, Ontario is poised to lead our country in growth over the next number of years. I firmly believe that Ontario has potential to be North America's powerhouse economy, and I see no reason why we can't reach that goal. But to this, we'll need to continue to work together to strengthen and build up our business clusters, from ICT to agri-food, from clean tech to aerospace, of course to energy, from bioscience to financial services, from auto to advanced manufacturing. These are all sectors that we rank in the top two or three in North America. We'll also need to work together to invest and mobilize our talent. Not just our global leading university and college graduates, great and talented as they are, not just our skilled trade workers who are among the best anywhere in the world, but also those sectors of our, ta our talent that are often overlooked. People like disabilities, our Aboriginal communities. We'll need to work together to have the courage to not only commit to modernizing our infrastructure, but to taking the necessary steps to fund those critical investments. We'll need to work together to make Ontario the easiest and friendliest place to build and invest. And we will aggressively tackle and eliminate unnecessary red tape and regulatory burden. And we must do this because we must do this to maintain that the fact that we, we're going to want to have one of the most competitive economies anywhere in the world. And to do that, we must maintain our competitive advantage of our low corporate tax advantage. Together, 
We can and we are building a globally competitive economy that will serve our aspirations today and that each and every one of us here in this room and across this province will be absolutely proud to pass on to future generations. Once again, may the fourth be with you and thank you all very, very much for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you, Minister. I would like now to call upon Steve Baker, President of Union Gas, to thank Minister Dugan. Well, Minister, on behalf of the Empire Club of Canada and the Ontario Energy Association, I just want to thank you uh, for joining us here today. Your speech was very informative, very engaging, and I dare say uh, certainly very passionate. You know, you may not have built a lot of energy-related references in your marks, although I did hear a couple. Um, but you started with four things that I think are, are equally applicable, not just to the business environment, but, but to the energy sector. You talked about the government's focus on people, the government's focus on infrastructure, on improving our competitive position, and last but certainly not least, reducing regulatory burden. And I know in the energy sector, all four of those things are stuff that we focus on each and every day. So your marks were very, very appropriate. Most importantly, I want to take the opportunity to thank you for really being the voice around the cabinet table in terms of all of us that are here today, all the businesses that are here and represented. Um, I know that's very, very appreciated. So ladies and gentlemen, please join me in a round of applause again for Minister Brad Dugan. Thanks, Steve. Uh, now, um, this is about the end of us getting in the way of your lunch. Uh, I never like to be the man who has to do that. So we're gonna, quickly, we're going to wrap up and get to our lunch. Uh, I would like to thank the National Post as our print media sponsor, and thank you, Van Valkenburg, for providing our audiovisual facilities. Um, I'd ask you each to consider becoming a member of the Empire Club of Canada. Uh, it's, as I say, it's a 112-year-old organization. Uh, when you are a member, you get advance notice of luncheon, advance opportunity to buy tickets, buy them at a discounted price, um, and most of all, this year we have a special promotion between now and the end of the year, that if you become a member between now and the end of our season, at the end of June, we're going to buy you lunch. We'll get you a free lunch, we'll give you a free lunch ticket. And then you'll be all set up to enjoy the next season coming up, where we've got some great speakers coming up, including uh, the bank, the bank, Governor of the Bank of Canada, and a couple people who I've already spoken to who might be in this room that I won't announce, because they haven't... We haven't got the date yet, but a great season coming up in 2015-2016. Uh, so please join us and become a member and receive all the benefits. Thank you very much, and uh, I think we need to have lunch.